Hello, everyone. Welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm glad you joined me today, and I am excited about sharing the Word of God with you. I've been conducting a series over the last several weeks on the spirit realm, and uh, my goal is just to make everyone aware that, that there is a spirit realm. There's a natural realm, and there's a spirit realm. And we need to be aware of the spirit realm because it's just as real, if not more real, than the natural realm. Now, for the last couple of uh, uh, Sundays, I've been talking about angels, the holy angels of God. And that's been very interesting. If you've missed any of that, I want to encourage you to go back in our archives to the last couple of Sundays and you can catch up on anything you missed. And uh, I said a lot about the holy angels of God. Much more, I, you know, I could say... Um, but, you know, I, I said quite a bit about the angels, the holy angels. And uh, so, uh, yeah, there's more I could say about them, but uh, I think I've said enough for now. And what I want to do now is I want to move on to the devil. You know, he was a holy angel, as we'll see, but he fell. And I want to talk today, begin talking today about about him, the devil, and uh, the fallen angels and demons. And we'll take today in the next uh, couple of sessions to talk about the devil and demons. And uh, in 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, and the 11th verse, in the Amplified Classic Bible, the Bible says uh, to keep Satan from getting the advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his wiles and intentions. Uh, I think the King James says that we were not ignorant of his devices. Now, what this verse is saying to us and somebody might say, well, why, why talk about the devil? Why teach on the devil? Why talk about demons? Well, if you've known me any length of time or you followed my ministry, I spend the majority of my time talking about God and talking about the power of God and, and how wonderful God is. And I run with, with God. I run, I run with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the Heavenly Father, with the Holy Spirit, you know and uh, spend the majority of my time talking about God, and that's what we should do. However, I think we make a terrible mistake when we never talk about the devil or demons. And, uh, you know, as I, I have a hat that has an O on it, <laughs> and, and uh, somebody, gave, well, somebody gave it to me years ago, but it has an O on it, and uh, it actually means Ohio State. Now, I don't know why they gave me a hat with an O with Ohio State, but I don't use it for that. I call it my O hat, and it has an O on it, and I, I call it my observer hat. And so I have my O hat, and, it's, and I put that hat on once in a while when I, <laughs> I'm an observer. You know, we all ought to have O hats. We all ought to be observers. Now, we shouldn't have a hat on it with a J that says, judgmental. We shouldn't be judgmental and judgmental of people and critical, but we should have an O hat where we're an observer. And I guess it'd be okay to have a hat, a hat on that had a J, have a hat with a J on it as it pertains to judging. We shouldn't be judgmental, but the Bible says that we're, there are things we're supposed to judge. And like prophecy, when somebody gives a prophecy, we ought to judge that prophecy to see if it's in line with the word of God and so on. But I have an O hat. And it stands for observer. And one thing I've observed over the last many, many years is that very little is said in, in churches, at least here in the United States, that I'm aware of. Some of the biggest mega ministries that you'll see on television or media. I've had that old hat on observing and I, I, I almost never, 
I, I think it would be safe to say never hear anything said about the devil or demons. And, and, and that's really sad. Yes, we ought to spend our time talking about God, the bulk of our time. But if we never talk about the devil, never talk about demons, then this verse here in 2 Corinthians 2.11, what it's saying is, is that if we're ignorant of the devil and his devices and his wiles and his intentions and his schemes, if we're ignorant, that just means unlearned. If we're unlearned about the devil and demons and fallen angels, if we're unlearned, then uh, the devil, demons, and so forth will be able to take advantage of us. And that's why it's so sad, as I observe different mega churches and whatnot, and they're never teaching the people about the devil and demons, what does that let me know? It lets me know that those people that attend those churches, week in, week out, week in, week out, never hearing anything about the devil and how he operates, those people are being taken advantage of by the devil and demons. So it's important that we, from time to time, talk about the devil and demons and how they operate so that you're not uh, uh, being taken advantage of by them, okay? So that's why I'm talking about these things. Um, well, I'm talking about the devil and demons here today and over the next several weeks. So with that in mind, go to Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28. So we're going to start talking about the devil, how he came into being and how he became the devil. Uh, so many people are ignorant or unlearned of this and, and, uh, uh, or they've, you know, heard some things about it, but never really have looked at the Bible. So let's look at the Bible here at Ezekiel 28. You can also be turning to Isaiah, the 14th chapter. And, uh, we're going to read some verses out of those two, uh, books concerning Lucifer. See, the devil, he didn't start out as a devil. He started out as Lucifer and he became the devil. And, and these verses will bear that out. So rather than me explaining it and then reading the verses, let's read the Bible verses and I'll explain as we go and it'll bear itself out. Look at Ezekiel 28 verse 11. It says this, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, that's to Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him. Now, it's interesting if you look there in Ezekiel chapter 28, if you go up to the first verse and read the first verse or so up there, uh, it talks about the prince of Tyre. Now, as you read verses 1 on down through, I guess, verse 10, uh, those first 10 verses of Ezekiel 28, that's talking about a human being, a human being, an actual man that lived that was the prince of Tyre. But when we get to verse 11, uh, the Bible starts talking about the king of Tyre. And as you read on, this king of Tyre is not a human being. We'll see that it's an angelic being. And, but it's interesting, and we learn something about the devil and his devices here. If you, as we read here, these next several verses in Ezekiel 28, if you go back up and look at the first 10 verses as the Bible talks here in Ezekiel 28 about the uh, uh, prince of Tyre, you will see that the prince of Tyre takes on many, if not all of the characteristics of the king of Tyre. And the king of Tyre, we'll see is, it, it calls him the king of Tyre, but it's actually Lucifer who became Satan. And, but, but the point is, is that the prince of Tyre 
took on the same characteristics as the king of Tyre, who is the devil. And you learn something here about uh, the spirit world. You learn something about uh, the devil and demons and, and the way they interact and influence people. And, uh, and you see that if someone uh, is subject or has subjected themselves to the, to the devil like this king of Tyre did, you see that human being taking on many of the characteristics of that spiritual, that wicked spiritual being that's over them. And, uh, and you see that throughout the Bible in different places. And, and I've observed it in my life. And, uh, and, and when, when people have subjected themselves to demonic power, they begin to act like that demonic power they've subjected themselves to. And this is not only true of individuals, but it's also true of, of regions, of cities, towns, you know, uh, uh, even states here in the United States. States, uh, But I've, I've, I've observed it uh, more so with cities or towns. Um, I'm thinking of two particular towns right now. I know when I was a, a child, and it still exists to this day because I, I live in the same area where I, where I grew up, the same spot where I grew up. Uh, but, but there's two different counties. And uh, it's interesting, I, 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 when I was a kid, before I knew anything about the Bible, anything about spiritual things, whenever we drive from the county that I lived in over into that other county, and, and I could tell you, when I was a kid, I'm talking about 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, 12, 13, 14 years old, before I knew anything about spiritual things of the Bible, as I said, when you go across that line, things change. There was something, something changed. Something was different. And, and I didn't know what it was, but I found out all these years later as I've studied spiritual things, studied the Bible. Um, it's so true. There's, there's, when you move over into that, that, that one county that I'm talking about, I mean, there, there's things going on over there that, that don't go on over in the county where, where I live. I'm not saying the one's better than the other. It's just, it's just uh, over in that county. Uh, well, for example, they, they, for years they would, I guess they still do, they would allow pornography uh, shops to be set up. Now, over in the county where I live, that, that, that right next door, they wouldn't allow that. Now, it's interesting. That's a, really a good example. But, but I noticed this when I was a kid, a small child. When you go across that county line, something happened. And w what was it? The things were different. The atmosphere even was different. Well, what was it? Well, it's because that particular county has subjected themselves to, to themselves to some spiritual wickedness that the other one doesn't. You see what I'm saying? And, and so what I'm trying to say is, is that demonic power can set themselves up over counties, over cities, over city halls, over political figures. And those political figures, like the, like the Prince of Tyre here, and those political figures can start yielding themselves to that demonic power. And then that whole region where that, the, those political figures are, are in power becomes like the spiritual wickedness that's over them. See, we need to realize that because if we're ignorant of that, then we can be taken advantage of. See, and, uh, <laughs> 
I saw, like I said, I saw that as a kid. And, and then when I started studying about spiritual things from the Bible, I thought, my goodness, isn't, isn't that's just exactly right. And, and when you go across that line, you know, now I'm not saying the county that I live in is any better than the other one. I'm just saying it's just, just a good example of, uh, of, of, because there's stuff, the county I live in, there's stuff goes on over here that shouldn't go on either, you know, but be that as it may, um, it's just very interesting. And then, and then something else I've, I've observed too is, is that there's another, uh, a region not far away from where I live. And I, and I noticed this as a kid when we went in, when my mother and I, when we go into that certain region, I mean, I mean, poverty, it's poverty. And I could almost tell you when you drive across, the line into that city, I mean, it was just poverty ridden, just poverty, po- just poverty everywhere. And uh, when when we leave that area and come back over, it, then, then then you know the homes started to get nicer and whatnot. And uh, but but actually, I learned that there is a spirit of poverty. Absolutely, I'm convinced of it. And and that 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 thing that there's certain parts of that area that I'm talking about. It's still under that spirit of poverty until this very day but but you see there's there's demonic uh powers that that control all of that and uh this is very interesting very interesting and uh uh so with that being said let's look at this ezekiel 28 verse 11 let's read it again moreover the word of the lord came to ezekiel saying son of man take up a lamentation for the king of tyre and say to him thus says the lord god now he's talking to uh the devil here, but he's talking about what he was like when God created him because God didn't create the devil as the devil. Okay, we'll see. Notice what the Bible says. You were this, and we'll see that in uh, Isaiah's account, he's referred to as Lucifer. Okay, but you were talking about Lucifer who became Satan. Now, now look at this. How did the devil start? Well, you were the seal of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now you think about that. The devil is an angel, an angelic being, okay? And God created him. Actually, you study the Bible, the book of Colossians will bring out that the second member of the Trinity did the creating Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ created the devil, but not as the devil, created him as Lucifer, and when Jesus created him, he was the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now you think about that. Perfect in beauty, full of wisdom, seal of perfection. You think about that. That's how Satan started out as Lucifer. Uh, seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Then it says you were in Eden, the garden of God. Well, you know, that that could be talking about the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve was at. But when we see the devil in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve was at, uh, he was not dressed like we're going to see him here. He was in snakeskin. The serpent cooperated with uh, Satan and uh, allowed, the, the, the serpent allowed... Uh, itself to be uh, used of the devil to uh, uh, deceive Eve and, of course, bring about the fall of mankind when Adam sinned. 
But this Garden of Eden, you know, you could make argument that it was the Garden of Eden that Adam and Eve was in, but you could also argue that this Garden of Eden was a garden in heaven, uh, known as the Garden of God. Uh, I, I tell you what, if you could look at the earth before it fell and look at heaven, I tell you what, I think they'd be very similar. Um, much I could say about that. But nonetheless, you are in Eden, the Garden of God. Now look at, Now look at what it says here. Uh, so it could be talking about a, he- a heavenly garden of Eden. It could, you know, could be talking about the garden of Eden here upon the earth. Uh, uh, I tend to think it has to do with a heavenly garden of Eden because look at this. He's not, he's not, we don't see a serpent around here. We see this. Every precious stone was your covering. Now you think about this, how Lucifer, how, how, how the Lord Jesus Christ created him. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. Now you think about that. Now you think about that. How Lucifer started out. How, how the Lord created him. Think about it. And then it says, the, the Bible says, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. See, there was a day that he was created. We talked about this when God created all the angels with his word. He spoke and they were created. But it, the Bible says the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Now, as I've studied into this, apparently, apparently in, as, as Lucifer was created within him, there were pipes and timbrels musical instruments that were created as part of his being. Now you think about that. And of course, it's clear to me that he was over the worship department of heaven. He was the angel that led worship. And um, he knows a lot about worship. He was the one in charge of it. And, And he was created with these musical instruments I think far more beautiful than maybe anything we've ever heard here upon the earth, but yet similar to things we've heard here upon the earth, uh, were, were created within him. And, and, and I mean, he made beautiful, beautiful music, but not just beautiful. We're going to see it was anointed, anointed of the Lord, anointed of God. Music like you've never heard in your life. I'll tell you that right now. And you can see why after he be, he fell and became Satan, why the, the, the world of music in the world, music in the world is so corrupted and, 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 and just uh, degraded because you see the devil knows what kind of effect music has on people. Music has, a, ha, has an effect on people unlike that I could even put in words. I tell you what, you really study in the Bible and you can see that those prophets in the Old Testament, the one prophet, he said, call, call a minstrel, call a musician and have him play. And, 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 and as that musician played, the anointing of God would, 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 would flow and he began to prophesy. And I understand some things about that and, and, and the, the effect that music can have on the anointing. I remember the Bible talks about King Saul. Remember when he was oppressed of the, of the devil and he called for David to play the harp and the anointing, the power of God on that music drove the devil back away from Saul. Very powerful is music. And the devil has worked overtime to corrupt the music system of the world. And he's done a, a good job of that. And he, because he understands the power of music, sad to say, 
in much of the church, and I'm not here to be a critic, uh, uh, but in, in a lot of the church, uh, particularly some of the mega ones I see on, on television, I mean, some of the music just, I mean, it's just, uh, anyway, it's just, but, but here's the thing. Uh, the devil understands music, and he understands the effect that it has, and he was created to oversee the worship department of heaven. Now, you think about that. And uh, now watch this. Look at verse 14. You are the anointed cherub who covers. Now, last week we talked about the cherubim and uh, a, a class of angels, okay? And the devil was a cherubim, is a cherubim, a fallen one, but he was anointed. That means he had the power of God upon him. He was the anointed. See, his music, when he played that music and it came right out of his very being, it was anointed. You know, there's music and then there's anointed music. I tell you what, when, when the anointing of God is on, on music, I tell you what, there's nothing, nothing, nothing like it. Let me tell you for sure. And I tell you, get the, the Spirit of God just will move on that anointed. Well, it's the Spirit of God that anoints it. His power comes on it. And I tell you what, the music of God starts rolling. I tell you what, the gift of prophecy will go into operation. And the, the gifts of healing will go into operation. I tell you, it's, it's an exciting place to flow in. I tell you that. And I know some things about that. But uh, But be that as it may, he was the anointed cherub who covered. Now, he covered the throne of God. He absolutely did. I believe he was God's, I mean, closest, most personal angel. I think even closer to God than Gabriel and Michael. I, I do. I mean, that's, that's where this angel was, Lucifer. And anointed cherub who covers. And then the Bible says, God, he said, I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. Now you think about that. You walk back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. That's, that's right. <laughs> I'm convinced it's the throne of God. You think about that. Um, you were, uh, it says, let's read it again. You are the anointed cherub who covers. I establish you. You are on the holy mountain of God. You walk back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. Now that also could have to do that he was walking back and forth in the midst of, uh, of other angels. Because the Bible says that angels are ministering spirits and he makes his ministers, these angels, flames of fire. So it could be making reference that he walked among the other angels. But notice this, verse 15, you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. See, that's how God created the devil, <laughs> created the devil. That's how God created Lucifer, who became the devil. That's how he created him. He created him perfect in all of his ways, but something happened. And here's where the change came, till iniquity was found in you. And we know from what we're going to read here in a, in a little bit, that it was pride. It was pride. Oh, you got to watch pride. You got to watch it. But you can see how beautiful he was and how magnificent this, this being was. And that iniquity, that pride got the best of him. Absolutely. And he yielded to it. But till iniquity was found in him and... Uh, uh, you know, I just throw this in, just feel impressed to, to throw this in. He, he, you know, Lucifer caused all kinds of trouble for the Lord, as we'll see. And the Lord had to finally uh, boot him out of heaven. Uh, but he was over the worship department. And, you know, I, I pastored for almost three decades. And uh, I was fortunate that my wife oversaw the worship uh, ministry. And she did a great job of that. But I tell you what, it it 
kept me from having lots of problems because as I've had that old hat on observing other churches, not as a judge, but just observing, so many pastors have, not all, but so many pastors have so much trouble with their worship leader. And you'll hear of where worship leaders will split the church or they'll, you know, sidewind the pastor in somehow or another. And, and, uh, and, and you can just see that's just, they're just yielding, you know. And now I'm not saying that there's not, maybe not a case where there's a goofed up pastor, but that can be. But most of the time, I'd say 90, 99% of the time, it's when there's a, a worship leader causing trouble in a church, it's they're 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 yielding to things they shouldn't be yielding to, just like like what what Lucifer did here, and and he was over the worship department and caused all kinds of trouble uh, for heaven, as we'll see. And and I've watched worship leaders do that in churches all all throughout the 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 area of what I'm aware of, and uh, and and it, it's sad, but you can see uh, when that happens. They're just yielding, those worship leaders are yielding to things they shouldn't uh, yield to and they're not staying under the godly authority that God put them under, under their pastor. Anyway, may say more about that as we go. But Lucifer was perfect in his ways from the day he was created till iniquity was found in him. And then it says, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God so he was cast out. He was cast out. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of, of the fiery stones. So he was cast out from among the other angels, if that's what fiery stones means. Your heart, now watch this. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. See, we have to, I tell you, we have to be so watchful of the, of the gifts that God has given us. And everyone, he's given gifts to different ones. But I tell you what, you got to watch the gifts that God's given you. And you always, and what I mean by that is, is, is the talent, the ability, those things that are given you and given us by the Lord. We need to remember that they came from the Lord. And without the Lord, we're nothing. But what happened to Lucifer is he got all caught up in the things that God gave him. And he, he let that go to his head and pride got him. And, and no doubt he got his eyes off of God from whence he got those wonderful things and led an uprising against the Lord. So we always need to stay humble and realize that we're nothing without the Lord. We can't, we're, we can't do anything without him. You understand that? And so no matter how beautiful you are, or how much talent you have, or how well you sing, or, or how well you preach, or how well you do this, that, or the other, whatever it is, don't ever forget you get those abilities from the Lord. Stay humble, give him the glory, and you won't wind up like the devil. And, and that's a good thing. But your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. I was talking about Lucifer. You corrupted your wisdom. See, you corrupted your wisdom. See, he was full of wisdom, the Bible said. Said, uh, full of wisdom. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. Think about that. He let it all go to his head. And, uh, and, and I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. I devoured you. I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. And that, of course, we understand the devil will wind up in the lake of fire in the, down the road uh, when that happens. And he'll be in the lake of fire for eternity. He's not there right now. Uh, as I move along in this, in this series, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know where the devil is. He, 
you know, he's, he's not where a lot of people think he is. Now, a little teaser there. We'll get to that as we go along, and I'll, you know, and I'll help you locate where the devil is as we go along. Where, where, where is he right now? What's he doing? We'll get into that as we go in this series. Maybe not today, but as we move along. But, uh, but nonetheless, and then it says, All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You become a horror and shall be no more forever. And what that means is that eventually he'll be locked in the... Uh, in, in the bottomless pit, and then after that into the lake of fire for eternity. But you see, he started out so wonderful and, in, and ended up so horribly, and it was pride that got him. Isn't that sad? we got to be watchful about pride. So easy to slip over into pride and not even know it. Now, having read that, let's go to Isaiah, the 14th chapter. Isaiah, the 14th chapter, verse 12, Isaiah 14, 12. And this will give us a little bit more on uh, Lucifer. Now notice this, how are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Now here it calls him by name. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations? Um, for you have said in your heart, now watch this, so, so he, he fell from heaven, Calls him by name, Lucifer, son of the morning. Think about that. How are you cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations? Now, weaken the nations. I'll say more about that as we go. For you have said in your heart. Now, notice what he said in his heart. And notice all the eyes that we're going to have here. And of course, somebody said he had the eye disease. And that's a symptom of pride. I will ascend into heaven. So now, uh, uh, apparently, he was ruling, apparently, upon the earth. And this is prior, from my study of it, prior to Adam and Eve being here. Okay, we'll say more about this as we go. He says, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Now, um so he he had a throne he had a throne and he's talking about ascending into heaven now this is before adam and eve are on the earth okay so he had a a, a throne and he's going to ascend he wants to ascend into heaven above the stars of god now uh, this is not uh, necessarily talking about the stars that we see in the sky at night but this is rather, I think, referring to other angels. And he says, I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. Now, it could be referring to the stars we see in the sky at night. Could also re be referring to other angels. Depends how you want to argue it. But he's going to, but here's the point. He's got a throne on, on, apparently on the earth. And he wants to ascend into heaven. And then he says, I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. Now, think about this. On the farthest sides of the north. And that is apparently where, and no question, no, there's no question, no apparently about it. That's where the throne of God is. That's where the throne of God is. And there is a place, the uh, 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 astronomers tell us, in the far sides of the north, where they can't probe into with their telescopes. Well, that's where the throne of God is. And that's where Lucifer, want, he had a throne apparently. There's Well, there's no apparently about it. I, I use that word a lot. There's no apparently about it. He had a throne. 
Apparently it was on the earth. And he wanted to ascend up to the farther sides of the north. He said, I'll exalt my throne above the, the stars of God. I'll sit on the mound of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. I'll ascend above. Now here it is. I'll ascend above the heights of the clouds. So he wanted to go up through the clouds above the stars, natural stars like we see in the night sky could have to do above the other angels also. He already, well, he already had that high spot above all the angels. I think he was the highest ranking angel of all. So this is probably, I mean, I guess as you read it, it's probably talking about he wants to go up above the clouds, above the stars, over in the, over, over, over up into the throne of God, by the throne of God. He says, I will be like the most high. Now you think about that. I'll be like the most high. What he wanted to do is he wanted to sit on God's throne. Now he already had access to it. He was the anointed cherub that covered. He was, I, I guess, I guess it's safe to say he was God's uh, right hand angel, the closest one of all. He had access to all of it, but it wasn't good enough for him. And he was so beautiful. And it wasn't good enough to have that close place with God. He wanted to boot God out and sit. <laughs> Where God sits. And ain't nobody going to do that. But that's what he, and get away with it, but that's what he wanted to do. That's what he wanted to do. Absolutely the truth. And, and you see that as I was talking about uh, worship leaders uh, and, and other people. I, I've seen this uh, uh, among uh, particularly youth uh, ministers, teenage ministers in a church. It's not enough for him to have a have a position of authority in the church as a as a, the the head worship uh, uh, leader, you know, or the or the 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 youth minister, youth pastor. Both of those positions are so important in a church, but it's not enough a lot of times for these uh, uh, folks to have these high positions. By golly, they want to be the pastor. They want to sit in his chair. But I tell you what, I've sat in the pastor's chair, and it is an honor, it is a privilege, but I'll also, I'll also tell you this, it's not all it's cracked up to be either. You ought to go watch the Flintstones, and you ought to find that, that, that uh, one uh, 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 episode where that little, uh, a, a little kazoo, he was like an alien from another planet, and Fred Flintstone, you know, he, wa- he wanted to be, you know, he was tired of working in the quarry, you know, he wanted to be the, he wanted to be like Mr. Slate. He wanted to be the boss at Slate Quarry. He wanted to be the boss. And so, uh, uh, so Kazoo granted him his, his wish and he got to be the boss and he got to sit in Mr. Slate's chair. And all of a sudden when the, when the bell rang, you know, the whistle blew at, 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 you know, closing time, you know, he didn't get to slide off the back of that dinosaur and get in the car and go home with Barney. No, no, no. <laughs> He got to watch Barney go home and go out bowling and all that. But he had, Fred Flintstone had to stay at the quarry because he, he's, a, he's the head of the quarry and he's got to put up with, he's got to stay late hours. He's got to put up with all the problems. If something breaks, he's got to fix it. <laughs> he's responsible for it. He's got to answer to the, you know, to the, to the, to the board and all that other stuff. You know, being, I, I've learned this, being, being the, being the, the, the lead pastor, being the, 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 the man at the top isn't all it's cracked up to be. It's an honor, but it isn't all it's cracked up to be. So, hey, if you're out there and you're a worship leader or you're a, 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 a youth minister or whatever, and hey, 
That's an important role you got. And God put you there and do excel at that. But if he hasn't called you to be the pastor, then then just, hey, hey, being a pastor, is, it's an honor. But hey, guys, it's not all it's cracked up to be. There's a lot of problems come along with being a pastor, too. So just enjoy whatever position God has put you in. Be faithful to who he's put you under. And I tell you what, everything will run just fine. But you see, it wasn't enough for, for Lucifer to have that high exalted spot. He wanted to push God out of the way and sit there in God's seat. And that's, that's, that ain't going to happen. And, uh, you know, I, I've thought about the devil some over the years. You know, while we look in the Bible and we see that he is an intelligent being, and, and I'm not exalting him, I'm just, I've learned some things about him. He's an intelligent being, and, 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 you know, there's all of that, and, and sly and subtle, like a snake. And, and all of that. But you know, at, at, at the heart of it, at the bottom line, he's crazy. The devil's crazy. He's crazy, 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 crazy. And, and the reason I know that is because he, he thinks and he still thinks he can overthrow God. Read the book of Revelation and you'll see that as we move on out in time, he's going to, until he goes into the bottomless pit, he's going to be trying to overthrow God. And even after a thousand years and he's released from the bottomless pit, he's going to try to still try to overthrow God. That's crazy to its core. But yet, if you sat down and talked to the devil, and I don't recommend you do it, I'm never, <laughs> I don't want to, but I've dealt with him enough over the years, and demonic powers will give you some testimonies as we go, that, that he would come across just as sane and just as level-headed and sane, but he's a deceiver, but level-headed and sane, but at the root of it, he's crazy. You have to be crazy, certifiably crazy, to think that you can overthrow God. But that's what he thought, and that's what he thinks even as I'm preaching this, and that's what he's going to be thinking on out in the future. And even after, as I said, a thousand years in the bottomless pit, he's going to come out of there for a little season, and he's still going to try to overthrow God. What a crazy, 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 crazy individual. And you know what? There are people in the United States and around the world that actually worship Satan. Satanic worship, satanic churches. My goodness gracious. That, that is just not good. I tell you what, if you're out there, maybe you're out there and you, I don't know, maybe you ran across me somehow or another. Stop bowing your knee to the devil. Get out of that. Leave that. Repent. Turn your life over to the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you what, I tell you what, I, let me tell you something about the devil. He'll use you and he'll abuse you. And when he's done using you and abusing you, you know what he'll do? He'll throw you under the bus. You see that with people in the society in which we live. They'll use, like politicians, they'll use people, they'll abuse people, and then they'll throw them under the bus. Well, what do I know about that politician or whoever? They're, they're yielding to the devil because that's how the devil works. He'll use people, he'll abuse them, and then he'll throw them under the bus. But Jesus isn't like that. He won't use you. He won't abuse you. In a, you know, he won't abuse you. He'll use you in a good way, but he won't, he won't take advantage of you. He won't use you, abuse you, and he sure won't throw you under the bus. Jesus won't. Turn your life over to him. But this Lucifer, I tell you what, he 
wanted, it wasn't enough to be the number two angel. It wasn't enough to be, well, the number, well, the one, number one angel, God's number two, you know what I mean, the right hand man. It wasn't enough to have that, that great position of authority. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to take over for God. And, uh, and when he said, I'll be like the most high in verse 15, yet you'll be brought down to hell to the lowest depths of the pit. And that's where he's headed. I'll just say this right now. A lot of people think the devil is in hell right now. Well, I believe he has access to hell. Okay. And, and, and we could even look in the Bible and make argument that he has some limited access even to heaven. And there's much, there's much debate about that. But the devil is not in hell burning right now. He's go, the Bible says he's going about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I'll say more about that as we go, but you need to realize that. But what this is making reference to is that one day he's going into the bottomless pit and then eventually into the lake of fire. And then notice verse 16, one of the most interesting verses in the Bible. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms? Now, this, this shows us something about the devil that we need to understand. He's a deceiver. He's a master deceiver. And this, and I think deception is his number one tool that he has that he uses against God's people and against sinners alike is deception. And, and you see the devil will parade himself as this, this, uh, well, it says, the Bible says, we didn't look the verse up, but I just quoted it. He goes about as a roaring lion. Now, he's not a roaring lion. He's, he's, he's not, he, he's, he goes as a roaring lion, seeking whom he can deceive and devour. But, but he'll parade himself as this roar, you know, this awesome, awesome, awesome being. And, and, and he was before he fell and became a fallen angel. But there's going to come a day when we're going to get to see him for what he really is. And the Bible says right here, when that happens, we're going to say, is that the, is that the man? Is that the one? Is, is that the one that made the earth tremble and who shook kingdoms? Uh, I like to give an example like this. Have you ever watched The Wizard of Oz? Uh, I mentioned that one time years ago and a lady got so upset because I would mention the Wizard of Oz in a service. You know, I just, I, I have liberty to say this. You know, if you have, if you have trouble to, with me mentioning the Wizard of Oz, then you got a problem, not me. Because, I mean, I think that's a good movie, okay? There's a lot of lessons to be learned in there. But if you remember when Dorothy and Toto and the Tin Man and the Lion and the Scarecrow first walked down that hall, remember, to see that wizard. And they see that, that, that big face comes up, that awesome, mean, scary looking face with all that fire billowing and going and so forth and so on, you know, and that, that thundering voice. And those of you who've seen The Wizard of Oz know where I'm going with this, but, it, but, but let me go there anyway. And they see that, you know, and you got the, 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 the scarecrow, he's shaking and the tin man shaking, clanking, you know, and the cowardly lion's about to, about to have a nervous breakdown, you know, and, <laughs> and, and then he calls them up one by one and, and to talk to Dorothy and, you know, the lion and the scarecrow and, and, uh, the tin man and all of that. 
and he's roaring and, and then all of a sudden that lion, you know, he gets so scared he runs down that hall and jumps through that window. And anyway, first time I saw that, I just laughed and laughed and laughed. But you see, as, as the movie went on, remember near the end, Toto, the little dog, he went over there and he pulled back that curtain, pulled it back that curtain. And that little man was over there, you know, who played about 16 different parts <laughs> in that movie, you know, and, uh, and, and he was over there. And, and, and when that guy, you know, he's working these levers and talking into that microphone. And as he would talk in a microphone, you know, you'd hear that, 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 that big face talking, you know, you ought to look, look at it sometime. And remember when he, when Dorothy and the Tin Man and, and the Scarecrow and the Lion saw, uh, the wizard for what he really was. Remember what he said? He said, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> well, they saw the wizard for what he was. He was just a little man who couldn't hurt anybody or do any harm. You understand that? But he didn't want them to know that's what he really was. He wanted them to think that he was this big, awesome thing, you see. And that's a lot like the devil. We'll see as we go in this series that, that Jesus... Uh, spoiled the devil. He, what does that mean, spoiled? He disarmed him. He, he brought him to naught. He stripped him of his power. We'll see that as we go in this series. But the devil doesn't want you to know that. He wants you to think that he's this awesome thing that can come and just run over you. And that, that, that you know, but, but he's not. And that's what I'm going to be sharing on, at least in part, as we go through here. We're going to look at his devices, how he operates, and so on and so forth. But the point here is, is that if we could see him for what he really is, uh, is that the man that made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms? Now, with, when I say that, you need to understand something else, though, too. The devil is a worthy adversary. He is. And the Bible says he is our adversary. And uh, he is out there. He is roaming. And he's looking for those that he can destroy. We just need to be sure we're one of them people that he can't destroy. And I'll teach you about that as we go. But, um, uh, but anyway, so he was Lucifer and he became Satan because of his pride and he got thrown out of heaven. Actually, Jesus said in Luke 10, uh, 18, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And so Jesus, when he was here in his earthly ministry, he, he made reference to when Satan fell. And he actually, Jesus, along with the Father and the Holy Ghost, it was God kicked Satan out of heaven. Absolutely. And Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning. And, uh, but there was a time where he wanted to, uh, uh exalt his, his, uh, 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 throne above the stars of God and sit on the throne of God. But he got thrown out. Now, as I begin to close this, I want you to look at Revelation, the 12th chapter. And something you learn about the devil, there's a, there's a word in the, uh, New Testament Greek called Hoponeros, as I believe is how it's pronounced, and it's making reference to the devil, one of the references to him. And as you study into that, it means this, one who's not content with being evil themselves, but someone who wants to corrupt others as well. That's something you need to learn about the devil. He's not content with just being corrupt himself. He endeavors to corrupt others as well. And so when he led this uprising against God, you need to understand he didn't do it by himself. He didn't operate alone, so to speak. He uh, drew other angels with him. 
That means he had to approach the other angels. He had, he, he had to uh, share with them this, this plot that he had to overthrow God. And he led a conspiracy, uh, and, and a considerable one against Almighty God. Now you think about that. And in Revelation, the 12th chapter, now this is the only place in the Bible that I can find. If you can find another reference to this, let me know. But he drew, and the word draw is the right word. He drew away from God a third of the other angels. Now notice what the Bible says here in Revelation 12, verse 3. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon... Now, this is making reference and is symbolic of the devil. Look at verse 4. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. Now, what do we conclude from this? We conclude that the devil drew a third of the other holy angels with him and led a conspiracy against God. You know, even heaven had its problems, didn't it? <laughs> it sure did. But he led a conspiracy. It wasn't enough for him just to be evil himself, but he led a conspiracy and, and got two, uh, one, let me, let me say that correctly, one third. If I said two thirds a moment ago, I meant to say one third. He led one third, one third, one third. He led one third of the other angels in a conspiracy against God. Now you think about that. Now thank God, two thirds of the angels stayed true to God. But, you know, I thought about this one time. I'm convinced the devil didn't just approach a third of the angels. I think he approached a whole lot more of them than that. But one third of them went along with his scheme. Two thirds didn't. Thank God there's more good guys than bad guys. But one third of them went along with him and they led an uprising against God. And it says here, his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And this is the only reference I can find in the Bible where it talks about that he drew a third. But, but that, that, that is what happened. And it's interesting. I, I taught a series one time on the gospel and the stars. It took me a couple of months actually to teach it. And very interesting. But as you study into it, there's one of those, uh, uh, one of those uh, constellations is known as Hydra. Now, I'm not talking about astrology. I'm talking about astronomy, which is, which is an interesting subject. Astrology is sinful. Astronomy isn't. But in astronomy, there's one of those. Uh, it, it's called a deacon of the constellation of, uh, uh, of Leo, and it's, um, uh, which is symbolic of Leo the Lion and the Lord, you know. But this hydra is, 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 a, is a deacon of that, and it's known as a serpent, and, and I don't have time right now to teach on it. But it's interesting, it's, it, this hydra is the largest of the constellations, and as you look at the nighttime sky, it stretches out, and, and the, the tail of this dragon, if you will, in the stars, it stretches out, and it encompasses one-third of the other stars in the nighttime sky, and it, it, it's, it shows him drawing those. It's interesting. See, God painted the gospel in the stars, and he even painted the fall of man. He, he painted the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He even painted in there what, what Lucifer did in the fall, and he drew. You ought to look it up sometime. Go Google it, and you'll find it. It's H-Y-D-R-A, Hydra. It's a deacon of the constellation Leo, and it's a serpent drawing a third of the other stars, and you see this. Uh, it's in God painted God painted it in the stars and, and and you see this as Lucifer falls he draws a third of the other angels and they go with him and they lead an uprising against God and God casts them out 
He cast him to the earth. And, and uh, actually, Jesus, in Matthew 25, verse 41, he talks about uh, 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 the devil and his angels and the everlasting fire that's been pre- prepared for them. And when he says the devil and his angels, he's talking about that third of the angels that, that went along and led an uprising against God. They went along with, with Lucifer, who became Satan, to try to overthrow God. And, uh, and, and the devil, he split, I tell you, he split, he split heaven up. He did. I mean, he, you understand what I'm saying? I tell you, if you ever see a, a church split going on, I'll guarantee you this, the devil's behind it and people yielding it to, to the devil. I'll assure you that the devil demons, you know, they're behind it. And, uh, uh, he likes to split things and that's what he did. And, and I'll say more, I feel impressed. I'll say a little bit more about this as it goes, as we go, but the devil will draw people unto himself. He'll draw, uh, uh, and when people are cooperating with the devil, that's what they'll do. They'll, they'll leave a church like a, like a worship leader or a youth pastor. They'll leave a church. It's one thing to leave. That's, that's one thing. And, uh, it's even one thing to leave and go just across the street. That's, but when you start drawing people with you and talking them into leaving with you, now that's now that's demonic. That's not right. That's that's bad. That's bad fish, and that should you ought to be able to recognize that as the devil at work and people yielding to the devil. But anyway, that's what happened, and that's how Lucifer became Satan. He got booted out of heaven uh, along with uh, a third of the uh, angels, known as fallen angels. So there's two thirds of the angels are holy. And one third of them became unholy, uh, fallen angels. And we'll talk more about those as we go. And uh, now I'm going to unhook right here. But what I want you to do is, is I, I, as we pick up next week, I want to look a, a little bit more at what actually happened as the devil was cast out. I want you to read Genesis chapter 1, the first three verses. Now I'm giving you three verses to read between now and next time. I think everybody can handle that. But it talks about how God created the heavens and the earth. And then the Bible says in Genesis uh, verse 2 that the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. We're going to talk about that and we're going to look at, at what, what, uh, what, what may have happened between Genesis 1, 1 and 1, 2. We know God doesn't create things without form, void and in darkness. So something happened between Genesis 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. And it has to do, I believe, with the fall of Lucifer. We're going to get into that. It's going to be interesting. And then we're going to go on. I'll, I'll, as we move along, we'll say more about the fallen angels. And then we're going to get into demons and how they operate. And I think it'll be helpful to you. And I believe a lot of people are going to uh, uh, get set free from some things as we move forward. So God bless you. And hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus, I want to invite you to repent of your sins. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. So with a repentant heart, call on him today. Invite him into your life. You'll miss hell one day. You'll make heaven and he will make your life worth living in the meantime. So, hey, I hope you're enjoying this and we'll pick up next week right here in Genesis chapter 1. God bless you. See you then. Bye-bye. <laughs> 